When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Andrew, hit us with that Sif Spoil theme song for this week. And I oh, yes. oh, will yes. always love you, mother effer. Oh, yes. <laughs> Is that what Sam Jackson's saying? Yeah. I haven't heard his version. Uh, welcome to the Sif Spoil. <laughs> We're going to do spoilers on Hitman's Bodyguard. Fantastic. And also Logan Lucky, Sean joining us uh, from Geek Point o, who is here with us for the podcast proper. Hey, everybody. Going to continue to hang out with us, at least for at the least, Hitman's Bodyguard. Yes. And then we're going to shoo you away yes. from Logan Lucky. We don't want to spoil vacate. Logan Lucky for you. He's probably going to go see Logan Lucky. That's right. <laughs> While we're spoiling it, he will be watching it. Yeah, so welcome to the Post-Pod Sif Spoil show, where we talk about the movies with spoilers. By the way, if you haven't seen the movies, highly recommend that you turn off this podcast now, save it for later, uh, not just because we don't want to ruin the movie, but also because we're going to be jumping around and we don't want you to get confused. Uh, it'll make much more sense once you've actually seen the films. Uh, so let's talk about Hitman's Bodyguard. What do we want to spoil? Is there much to spoil? I don't know that there is. It's a really simple say, story. I mean... Yeah. Very simple. Um, you know, the only thing would be uh, kind of the relationship of Sam Jackson's character to Gary Oldman's character at the end. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of uh, you know, just kind of the end and what happens, those kind of things. Or maybe specific funny moments that we wanted to talk so, about. So, I guess during the podcast proper, we talked about how we kind of disagreed on character development and we said we were yeah, going to yeah, get yeah. more into it. So I think that it was just more them yelling at each other, but there was one part where Ryan Reynolds and Sam Jackson were arguing with each other about which of them was the good guy. Mm -hmm. Because Sam Jackson says, yes, I kill people, but the people I kill are bad. You protect bad people. Yeah. So it's a kind of a interesting philosophical question, which of them is the good guy, the guy yeah. who saves bad people, or the guy who kills bad people? And I thought, you know what? Okay, I'm I'm okay. To, I'm open to have that conversation movie. But then mm -hmm. they kind of didn't really. They started that conversation, but then they quickly just went back to yelling at each other. I think uh, I I get what you're saying, but all in all, this movie was meant and intended and was just a very good comedy. Um, I took that moment as to be like the introspective moment. It was the it was dropping the thought on you. And then walking away, exactly the way Sam Jackson did it to to Ryan Reynolds. So in the midst of his whining and, and everything else, he's complaining about things. And Sam Jackson turns to him and, and says that, you know, that makes you wonder who's really the bad guy. You yeah. Know? And it's, it's an interesting. Then he does. He turns his back and he kind of he's just chuckles about it in his great mannerism and then walks away. And I thought that that was a great way of just. Because it was. It caught me off guard, too. I was like, wow, I wasn't expecting that deep of a moment in this movie at all. Yeah. And uh, and it did leave me thinking about that, too. I think the relationship, as far as like how it changed, was more about Ryan Reynolds' uh, ability to be humble and ability to take blame in his relationship. Yeah, That was more of kind of a consistent thing that Sam Jackson was teaching him. Uh, you know, the idea... I thought there were some really... I, I don't know if poignant's the right word, but you know they were correct observations about how in relationships many times we think we're apologizing, but we're not actually apologizing. Yeah, I forgive you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. 
It's like we terrible. It 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 is, but we do it like as human beings, like because we we want to continue to emphasize our own innocence. We want to make sure other people know we're not bad people. We've just made a bad decision or you know whatever. Yeah, and so we focus on those things. And I thought. I thought that was a really interesting aspect to what Sam Jackson was teaching him as somebody who kills people for a living. Yeah. That he was giving him life left, you know, deep life lessons. And so I thought the thing about, you know, who's the bad guy was another one of those kind of deep life lessons. So that was, that was, it was almost like, you know, Sam Jackson was the sensei and Ryan Reynolds was his student, you know, in some ways. So it was, that mentorship was one of my favorite aspects of yeah, the Yeah, it was interesting. Because you do look at him and they paint this picture. They do they do all the movie tropes of painting him as this hardened criminal, all the guards it takes to monitor him. And, you know, he's a super bad guy. And uh, he even. But admits, he's loving life. He is. And he even admits how many people he's killed. Mm-hmm. But he relishes in the fact that, number one, he kills dirtbags and bad people. Yeah. You know, and that he just wants to love life. And he's the one who has an understanding of what love really is. Yeah. And so for him to be mentoring Ryan Reynolds when they painted the picture of him as the, well, the Ryan Reynolds, the pretty boy, yeah, you know, the, the put guy together one got it all together yeah. um, was a great like little twist there. And I and I enjoyed watching him do it because he does it in a very crass and crude way. Samuel L. Jackson's way. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, but seeing Ryan Reynolds slowly, his eyes slowly opening to while he tries to portray himself as this pillar of perfection and process, um, he realizes how not only deeply flawed he is in his process, but as a person. And he's yeah. like, wow, this guy, he's got it together. And you do see him shift and change, and I love seeing that. To I the love- point to the point where he takes a bullet for him at the end. You yeah. know, like yeah. it's you know kind of the culmination of that relationship and and I you know, I just found that I don't know. I thought it was really interesting. I love how Ryan Reynolds wasn't Deadpool in this. Yeah. Because I think that they very easily could have been, oh, again, that character worked great. Everybody loved him. Why don't you just do that alongside? But they made him, you know, very meticulous and calculating, and that's so not Deadpool. And I'm like, well, you know, he still has kind of a motor mouth, you know, saying just, you know, funny things. But I think Ryan Reynolds just can't turn that off. Right. You know, I mean, that's, that's part of just being Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Um. But uh, Selma Hyatt, her with her uh, prison cell mate, uh-huh. always standing in the corner, is so... Well, just her with everybody. She owned everybody that... Yeah. Everyone even she if it was somebody who was with. supposedly interrogating her. Even, it was, even Sam Jackson, she owned him, yeah. you know. The scene with the interrogation with with her sitting... Mm-hmm. Cro- uh, what do you call that? Um, uh, cross-legged. Oh, cross-legged. Yeah. No. Like that yoga... Yes. Yeah. On the chair... With that agent in front of her was absolute just perfection. It was great. Yeah. Every time they did, they showed that bar that that oh, he yeah. met her in, and yeah. like at the end when the guy's on fire mm-hmm. and everything. Like, where is this bar <laughs> where people just go to die? But it's kind of a cool <laughs> metaphor for everything Sam Jackson was saying in the movie. It's right. the calm and the storm. Right. Yeah. Because there's there's this perfect love. Like he's obviously going to be an international manhunt out for him, but this guy broke out of prison just to make it for their anniversary. And here we are, there's this peaceful moment of love and affection happening in amidst total chaos. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool stuff. Anything else from Hitman's Bodyguard? Uh, no. The only action I really, like, really, really liked and didn't feel like went on too long, even though it went on for a while, was the first scene with them when they met each other in the house. Uh, Their fight... Uh, with Ryan Reynolds and Sam Jackson, so I loved. Good. I loved every second of that yeah. fight. I thought it was 
fun and interesting and clever and so I liked that one at least. Uh, my my highlights were the hardware store fight. I was just gonna say, even that went on too long. No, it, everything leading up to it, yeah. you know, made it seem long. But once they actually got in the hardware and he was yes. like hitting him with everything, I liked the conclusion, the conclusion where he was, was like having that perfect. guy give him give me the, the gun, gun please. <laughs> yes. But I think my favorite part of the movie was whenever they're driving and he hits that uh, crossbeam and he just launches Ryan Reynolds <laughs> out and he lands on his feet. <laughs> Because all he does the uh, whole movie is talk about seatbelts. And yeah. there's so many seatbelts. I've, ne- I've never even seen safety videos with more <laughs> scenes of someone clipping their seatbelt in and yeah. talking about seatbelt safety. Yeah. And then the one moment he doesn't have one on, he yeah. gets rocketed out of a car. Um, I, I liked the moment where the camera panned was following the helicopter crashing into the building and panned around and Sam oh, Jackson Sam was standing, standing there, there with the helicopter blowing cool up. Cool guys don't look at explosions. Yeah, moment. exactly. Yeah. Uh, that was great. That was cool. But yeah, it was Gary Oldman falling to his death. Oh, that was so like, bad. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Yeah. That was so it's bad. Really when the bad. apartment blew in the very first part of the movie, yeah. uh, or the office building did, and pieces of it came fiery down, bouncing on the ground behind Ryan Reynolds. Uh, oh, no, it was his car. Yeah, it was, a, yeah, yeah, that it was that the wheel. Voice. And the, the wheel bounced, and I was like... Oh my God! Please don't tell me this is the tone for the whole movie because that's terrible. That's like the worst CGI. That's what I don't get is a lot of that was practical effects, you know, like the car crashes and everything. But then the CG was just so off. Like you, you made a great point. You literally could have just cut it, and nothing would have been lost in the movie at all. Yeah, I, I, I did like um, the opening. I liked his, like, when he was on top of his game opening. Oh, yeah. The look on his, his face, face. The fact that he didn't sour. Like, yeah. The fact that it was taking so long to register because he's so in that mindset. It was something that, that could never have happened. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was fantastic. They waited too long for the reveal that Sam Jackson was the one that shot the guy. Everybody we knew, knew it. it. We Everybody knew, yeah. knew it. Yeah. yeah, we knew that. Just it took, what, an hour and something for them to finally say it? Yeah. Yeah, way too long. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And that agree. scene is great when he punches him, when he's staring at him as oh, he's yeah. explaining it, and then like it sinks in once again. The same moment from before. The exact right? same look on his face. The same look on his face, and then all of a sudden, and that punch was so great because it wasn't a movie punch. Like I felt that punch. It was a friend <laughs> punch. It was when your friend's a jerk and and you're so angry, you just have to hit him. Like he square in the mouth too. Yeah, and I was. like, <laughs> Oh my god, that's so great! Yeah. Uh, there was the the way Samuel Jackson tortured him, just you know, like, uh, and I don't mean literally tortured him. I just mean verbally, verbally, or the, yeah, the yeah, singing the taunting, with the nuns, yeah. or like it's just I'm trying to get just taking just such the joy. <laughs> <laughs> the singing was great. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. there's there are a lot of great moments in that movie. Yeah, for sure. It's so. it's a very uh. uh it's an interesting. What am I trying to say? It's a very niche type of humor, though. If you don't like mm. verbal abuse kind of humor, it's not going to be a movie for you. Yeah, but this is absolutely for me the best frenemy uh, movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I've never seen uh, two people that nice guys hate each other. Nice guys oh, is a nice great choice. Really good. That's a nice choice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice guys. I really like these two together, though. I did. I oh, really, really. Don't get me wrong. They were so it's good so together. Good. Yeah. yeah. I actually felt a lot about Nice Guys the same way I felt about this one. Yeah. I didn't like Nice Guys as much as a lot of people do. I feel like I need to watch it again, but I had some of the same issues with Nice Guys as I had with, with this one. Really? Um. So, but yeah, I need I need to watch Nice Guys again. I think, Shane, I, think sh- I, lo- I love Nice yeah, Guys. Yeah, people are, people are 
like the the stature of that movie is like climbing. Like I think people continue to talk about it. Like I think people more great. So I need to watch it again. I don't think Nice Guys was seen all that much when it first came out. No. But I think it's just word of mouth. You I know? was going to say it's gradually picking up. You know, but Russell Crowe and uh, Ryan Gosling and Ryan Gosling are so I've great together in that. Unless it's a drama or art movie, movies that have like a seventy setting mm-hmm. or basically any movie that shows people in polyester um, <laughs> and uh, and seventies architecture, I've noticed like. They don't start out well, like at the theater. Yeah, it's not a draw. But I think Nice Guys was, it was so good that people went and saw it, and then they told friends and friends who had been off them been like, "No, I don't want to see a movie about the seventies. I'm trying to forget they happened," you know. <laughs> and uh, then they went to go see it because, and it, it does, it becomes sort of a cult uh, attraction yeah. to it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that. Anything else you guys want to mention about uh, Hitman's Bodyguard? No, I'm see, good. It, All right, it's fun. All yeah. right, we're going to kick Sean out then. Peace and chicken grease. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, buddy. All right, Sean is gone. Banished him to the fourth dimension. Goodbye, dear sir. Uh, uh, let's talk spoilers about Logan Lucky. All right. Uh, where, where, where do you want to start? <laughs> I was just saying. So uh, let's start with, uh, we talked about how, I guess we can talk about cons, just, and then we can talk about things we love. We'll switch it up, because we were talking about how the last half hour... So, is, yeah, the whole thing with... I thought it was funny you mentioned Million, million Dollar Baby. Uh, just my way of saying Hillary Swank is yeah. completely unnecessary. And I think all that was to service the final joke, which the final joke is somebody is paying attention, somebody knows what happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, she investigates, she and her partner investigate everything, but there was so much investigation, and I'm like... <clears throat> we get it. She's on to them. Like, I don't know why we need all that stuff. Yeah. I thought it felt like they were setting up sequels where she's sitting at the bar at the end and she's like, I know you guys did it. And she, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. She kind of had that face like, I'm going to get you in the next one if you try and pull it <laughs> off again. See, I feel like, I, I mean, I get why you would say that, but I, I feel like it's more that Soderbergh just wanted to leave it with that taste. Like, Leave her in a place where it's like she knows what's going on, Mm -hmm. but she has to decide. So it's like the final moral quandary is, what do I do about this? These guys are so likable. They're Mm -hmm. so cool. Like, you know, I I wish them well. And at the same time, my job was to, you know, nobody is pushing me. They've closed the case. Yeah. The the racetrack doesn't care they because they get insurance money. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't even care to know how much is missing because they want to claim as much insurance money as they can. Like that stuff is interesting information in a good like. There's clever parts to that that reveal how, why the plan is so brilliant. Mm-hmm. But I think you could do it quicker and without that whole yeah. subplot. Uh, other characters I thought were unnecessary. Um, we could talk about Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane is completely unnecessary. Um, have him for that cameo for the bar fight. I'm fine with that. That's fine. Uh, his high school crush or sweetheart or somebody that you just made out with, yeah. the tetanus uh, physician. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. If you cut her out, I think you disagreed with me on yeah, this. Yeah, I do disagree. That uh, you don't have anything different in the movie. I think that she just adds a element because they didn't end up really together they just had that little bar meet up at the end right well that was to let us know that they ended up together yeah but you know i'm, I'm okay with them not because i think that the 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 what he had with uh that wasn't michelle monahan or who was it? his ex-wife that was a kate uh, oh i don't know yeah i'd have to look was it anyway his uh what uh 
whatever, uh, uh, <laughs> his ex-wife. I think that, that the chemistry that we felt with him was enough that I didn't need the, another love interest in this movie. Interesting. His chemistry with his ex-wife? Yeah. I felt that I they didn't think still, they had any. Like, it was obvious she didn't want anything to do with him. Yeah, but at the same time, I felt she like... She was with somebody new. Yeah, but I felt like, for some reason, that their relationship with the new husband, uh-huh. I didn't think that that was going to last. I felt like you could do sort of like a... a uh, an oh brother where art thou sort of thing mm-hmm. like a suitor and that she's with this new guy but she could fall back in love with Channing Tatum by the end by the end of I the think movie. her character arc was by the end she had learned to respect him in a new way as a father like yeah. she had like is she I don't think it was ever insinuated she was falling back in love with him I, but I'm I think, saying they should have gone that route and just oh, cut I out see. cut out that other character you would have saved uh, 10 minutes there Cut out Seth MacFarlane's character and his whole uh, go green vegan NASCAR driver. You cut all that out. That's another 15 minutes. Yeah. And then you trim down Hillary Swank and uh, maybe cut out six minutes of her. Perfect movie. And again, I'll just re- I'll just restate my opinion, which is I think those others will feel less egregious to you if it if the end is much tighter. I think that's the most egregious example of what we're talking about yeah. is the end of the movie. Um, but I, I, I disagree with you on tetanus girlfriend. I think she, she adds an element to his character. I don't necessarily disagree with you on Seth MacFarlane, although I thought that was, those were some of the funniest scenes. So I really enjoyed like the, um, the initial bar fight. And then I also really enjoyed how at the end, like nobody believed him because like how he had treated his driver or whatever. Yeah. I thought that was kind of funny too. Okay, I'm fine so, with that. Yeah, like I wasn't saying that what I say is law; it's just an opinion, obviously. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I think, uh, but I think the overall point remains, which is the movie could have been tighter. Yes, you know, could have, I, especially towards. We the agree end. on that. that yeah, um, and that Game of Thrones, <laughs> that Game of Thrones bit where they don't believe that the other books are out because George R. R. Martin set a deadline. Oh, that's so good, and it just went on. It he. I don't know. I didn't know Soderbergh could be that funny. Uh, you know what I was thinking about, too, with that is a lot of times a movie will do a pop culture reference mm-hmm. and it doesn't age well. You know, like 10 years from, you know, somebody making a Chumbawamba reference or something, you know, like it just doesn't, <laughs> it just doesn't age well, right? <laughs> but I feel like that reference will age fine yes. because I feel like it, you know, it will always be an understood thing, you yeah. know, that happens. So I don't know. I, because it's funny at its at its very essence, even without knowing specifically. You don't ever have to have read Game of Thrones or seen Game of Thrones to find that hilarious. What made it funny for me is that they didn't refer to them as the new books. They actually said Winds of Winter and stuff uh-huh. like that. They were so fanboy about it. <laughs> That's what made it funny for me. So here's okay. So this is a stupid question because it's you know it's a movie, but like. How do they know the titles of these books but don't know that he hasn't written them yet? Like, what are they using to know that information where they couldn't also know maybe the some specifics of, of... Maybe some of them are new prisoners. Yeah. And, like, because it's been... I think the joke is that it's been forever that right. people have yeah. been incarcerated <laughs> after he said that this is the deadline. Yeah. And the deadline's still, po- like, been pushed back so much that people are still in prison. Yeah. So, <laughs> and they were making jokes like... Yeah, maybe the other prisoners you talk to have just seen the show because <laughs> they're past the books now. 
And then the other best part of the movie is the two uh, Daniel Craig's brothers deciding that they're going to do the heist. So yeah. what do you think? Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And it's just played so perfectly. And the timing is, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a really funny movie. Lots of great, you know, laugh lines in it. Uh, as far as the specifics of the heist, which, you know, since we're spoiling, yeah. I love, I just love the reveals and I love the double reveal. There's a second reveal where it goes over the, we'll tell them everything that, you know, only the things they need to know mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then it shows how they left them out of the loop in certain things. Yeah. I thought that was really smart. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then the triple of it was lead, letting the audience believe he had given everything back, but he hadn't. But he hadn't. Uh, like that's just I. I just thought that was really smart, and yeah, so it was such a great one-two-three punch. Uh, and add to that the prison escape and reentry, uh, which is where the Game of Thrones thing, yeah, you know, comes in. Uh, man, my favorite so good. part about the heist, like I said, uh, whenever I look at Ocean's Eleven and how much they spend on those heists, yeah, and then I look at this where they just paint cockroaches with fingernail polish, yeah, and it just seems so much more. I'm going to say this, it's going to seem more realistic, <laughs> because if you look at the Ocean's heist, and more so in like 12 and 13, mm-hmm. with how ridiculous and how extravagant they try to make those heists, because you know you have to one-up the movies, Yeah, where he Soderbergh actually harnesses that bombasticness in. Yeah. Just paint some cockroaches, that's all you need. <laughs> And you how don't want to start thinking about it too hard, though, because some of it doesn't really make the cockroach thing doesn't really make sense. Doesn't really hold together. Uh, you're going to deliver her a cake and just hope that they go eat the cake in the vault. Like it's just like you well, know, you you saw it, they painted the cockroaches different colors. Yes. Okay, so I want to make sure you wait. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying the cake part because the cake part is so that the cockroaches will find their way to the cake. So that's the whole thing about the cake. That's why they gave her the cake was as the bait for the cockroaches so yeah. that they would, you know, see them when they came to exterminate or whatever. I thought it was one of those vacuum tubes and like they just shot the cockroaches. But I guess you're right. The cockroaches would have to actually work their way through the pipe. And that's what the cake was. It was to attract yeah. the cockroaches. And I'm just saying it's kind of silly to think, you know, she's going to get this unknown cake and they're going to go eat it in the vault and then leave it there because someone wrecks her car. Like, you know, it's I mean. What I'm saying is anytime there's a movie like this, you don't want to think about it too hard. Yeah. <laughs> but you can think about it just hard enough to like really love it. I think so. what I'm saying is I love how they didn't spend millions to make millions. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, totally get that point. Yeah. Um, I can't recommend the movie enough. It's really good. But if it wasn't, I know you and I disagree on that one part, but if I had agreed with you, I'm sure I would have loved it as well. Yeah, it's uh, man, it's just so much fun from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. I, I just think there's like, so much I, heart. I feel like also there's a real chance this is this will be a very quotable movie. I mean, I've ar- we, you've already heard us do the incarcerated you know thing a couple times. <laughs> I think of like um, we are dealing with science here. <laughs> yeah, that one. I think of like, did you just say cauliflower to me? Yes, <laughs> that. I was thinking cauliflower on the way Did over. Did you just, just tell me cauliflower? cauliflower. Yeah. Um, it's so good. Oh, Driver is so good. And another thing. And his plan on the fridge. And yeah. just like, there's just so much like. It's very Shaun of the Dead, you know, having yeah. a, a plan on the fridge. And another thing about the movie is there are parts of the movie where it's very scientific and other parts where it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. How whenever you look at Daniel Craig, oh, I just, 
I I, I twisted the bag too many <laughs> right? times. Like what? What that's, does that have to do with anything? That does nothing. But sure enough, that's what the fix was. Oh, I just I twisted the bag too many times. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, you don't want to think about it too hard. But uh, but it is a lot of fun. So yeah. What what I'm saying is, Cinema Sins will still have a blast with this movie. There's still plenty yeah. of you know things that don't necessarily make sense. But yeah, exactly. But, but it is a lot of fun. So anything else before we finish up? Please go see this movie. Because it needs to get it and needs other to get Soderbergh movies. Yeah, see Contagion, see Side Effects, uh, see uh, Haywire. Like he's he makes really interesting, fun movies, and I think they become underseen um, for you know whatever reason. So yeah, go look at Soderbergh's uh, filmography and, and catch repertoire. up. Yeah, it's some good stuff. Well, thanks for hanging out with us for the spoiler cast for Logan Lucky and for the Hitman's Bodyguard. Like I said in the podcast proper, we'll be back next week uh, to do our 2017 television awards uh which we haven't gotten a chance to get to yet so uh we'll see you next week to do that bye when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply